your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Adrian gets the snap, puts it in the belly of Wandale around the left side. He's got a first down, 35-30. Wandale, 25-20, 15-10-5. He is in. Touchdown, Nebraska. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Well, folks, we live in interesting times, don't we? You have a Cat 4 hurricane knocking on the door of Texas and Louisiana. You have wildfires burning up in California. Now you have the NBA postponing their games tonight to uh, protest the shooting of Jacob Blake in Wisconsin, a community about halfway between Chicago and Milwaukee. That has also caused the postponement of the Brewers-Reds game tonight. And, Ben, I, I and this may be just a knee-jerk reaction here, but just listening and reading some things in the last 30 minutes or so, I think there's a chance the NBA, are, they're done. I, I think they may just walk away from the bubble and say, we're, call, we're pulling the plug on this playoff thing. Um, they, they seem to be pretty shaken by all of this. And it started, I remember yesterday seeing Doc Rivers' comments after his post-game speech. And, um, I, I mean, it, <laughs> we got fires going all over, literally in California, we have fires going all over this country right now, and the sports world is right in the midst of all of it. All right, back to the Big Ten football news of the day. The Blue White Illustrated, which is the rival site for Penn State, put up a piece earlier today, um, and they act like there's a lot more things that have taken shape with the plan for the winter season for football than what Bill Moose indicated to us here last night. Um, This Again, I'm reading from Blue White Illustrated. It's Penn State's rival site. Now more than two weeks after the conference postponed all of its fall sports, pushing football competition back until at least the spring, a preliminary structure has been outlined for an abbreviated Big Ten schedule. Here's how it would work. A preset eight-game schedule beginning the week after New Year's Day, likely kicking off on Wednesday or Thursday and progressing through the weekend. Again, I'm quoting from this story. The goal will be not to have games overlap with each other, opening up multiple television windows to various broadcast partners. Every team would get one bye week. No games would be held on campuses, instead moving to the neutral site, the domes that we've talked about in Minneapolis, Detroit, and Indianapolis. Then a conference championship game would be held between the winner of the East against the winner of the West at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena on the second weekend of March. Additionally, sources indicate that there is also a possibility with the occurrence of a similar spring season for the Pac-12 and that the two conferences might pit their champions against each other in the Rose Bowl. This is uh, based on Sandy Barber, who's the Penn State AD comments made on Monday, indicating that some of the broad concepts behind its spring schedule could be unveiled by the Big Ten in the next week or so. A more formal announcement could be in the works in the near future from the conference. How much stock, Ben, do you put into this report? We've heard some of these things. Again, it kind of goes against Bill Moose didn't tip his hand at this at all when we had him on last night. Yeah, I don't know, I guess is a simple answer. I don't know what to believe. I, I don't know uh, what side of the story to hear. I don't know what report is accurate. Obviously, this seems to be a reputable source, you know, being a rival site. However, we've heard all kinds of different 
reports. Uh, we couldn't even get the fact if there was a, a president vote straight. And I think that that line is still blurry of, of what, what is said and what is done and what isn't. So, yeah, I mean, I'll entertain every idea that I hear. I'll look at it. I'll read it. I'll, you know, make sure I'm familiar with it. But unless it's actually announced by somebody, I, I don't know that I can, um, you know, ingest that information without a grain of salt. So I'm, I'm going to just take it for what it's worth as a report right now and just wait until something is announced because there are a lot of things that, that could hypothetically happen. There are a lot of ways that, that this could, this could happen. I think some of that makes sense. Some of that doesn't, but again, early report, um, coming out today on that. And, and I think that's just what I'm most ready for now is to just get some type of clarity of what this is going to look like. And in all honesty, Greg, I'm getting more and more frustrated by the day with the big 10, knowing that, um, you know, the, 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 the increase in testing could happen. It sounds like it's going to happen with tests coming back and as quick as 15 minutes. Um, I, I do think that, you know, my worries that these other leagues are going to play gets less and less by with every passing day. And that, that to me adds to frustration to the big 10, instead of letting things play out and letting things develop and letting teams prepare, they ain't the court out of the wall. And, and now they're having to scramble and put a plan together for what a season's going to look like when um, other conferences are, are talking about their week ones. And, you know, by this time next week on our show, we would be breaking down what the Purdue Boilermakers look like. Instead, we're, you know, hypothesizing on what a Big Ten season may look like. I, I think it's fair to say that in Penn State's mind, this has real legs because this is the second time it's this very plan has come out of the Penn State camp. James mm-hmm. Franklin alluded to it a week ago when he had a press conference, and now you have their AD giving credence to this report. So this is obviously being – this is a push coming from Penn State. Ryan Day also indicated – he would prefer more of a winter season than a spring season uh, to go forward with this. Uh, this plan, to me, makes some sense from the standpoint that everybody would be done except the two divisional winners by the first weekend of March, which then might save the 2021 season, which I think that's got to really – and I asked Bill Moose that last night. I said, how much uh, of whatever you put together in the winter or the spring do you keep in your back of your mind that we wanted, we don't want to – touch 2021 at all you want to be able to have the seven home games and kick it off when it's supposed to begin and he said yeah that we have to keep that going we also have to make sure we give these athletes plenty of time to recover from a season where if they need off-season surgery on a knee or a shoulder or an ankle whatever it may be that you give them time to have that procedure done and get themselves healthy and ready for the fall so that that popped out earlier today um again Plans are like momentum, and this one to me has some momentum behind it. Uh, again, I think it's fair to also question and say, okay, if it's okay to play January 5th or 7th or whatever, why was it then not okay to play sometime in November with games? And that, that's a very fair argument to say uh, as well. Welcome back to another edition of Husker Huddle. I'm your host, Jeremiah Searles, here on the Husker Sports Network. Today we are joined by Husker legend, wide receiver Jordan Westerkamp. Jordan, how are you, my friend? Doing great. I wouldn't say legend, but I appreciate it, Searles. Okay, well, (laughs) you are a legend, especially in my book, Jordan, because you and I have been close to death together. Um, Not many people know the full story, but Hail Mary catch, cool, everything was awesome. You and I were on the bottom of that dog pile. 
and I literally thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah, you saved my life. You saved yeah, my life. I, I remember like, I'm yeah. laying on top of Westy because I was the first one to get down there after Sam Birch just absolutely face masks him to the ground. And I'm laying in, and then all of a sudden the weight of the world comes and I just keep hearing Westy yell at me, get off, get off, get off. And I'm like, dude, there's there's nothing I can do. Well, Jordan, let's let's catch up a little bit. It's been a while since here in Husker land. We've got a chance to kind of catch up with you. What have you been up to nowadays? Hey, man, just staying safe, you know, like everyone else, right? Following all the health uh, protocols, you know, doing what I can to, you know, just stay healthy. It's been a bummer, obviously, for everybody. You know, everybody, every industry has been taking it good. So it's um, it's been a tough deal, but, you know, it's been remaining positive and just doing what I can do right now. Obviously, um, a lot of the uh, sports industries had to shut down mm -hmm. or get put on hold. I, I was in the XFL, and they had to suspend their league, unfortunately, but... Uh, you know, like I said, just staying positive, and every industry's been taking it. So I'm just looking forward and hoping to get back to normal here pretty soon. Yeah. So, so what is the plan with the XFL? Are you going to try and work back to it if they can get the season rolling again? Yeah. You know, I'm keeping my eye on it. I just don't know when they're going to get that back to normal. I know uh, the Rock. Oh and, yeah. Uh, his other his other partner that just bought uh, the XFL. Um, so that that's cool. He's an awesome promoter, as we all know. He's just known celebrities out there. So it'll be interesting to see what he does and, and what his game plan is going forward. Um, like I said, I've been watching it, but there hasn't been much information to say what they're going to be doing, if they're even going to have a season this spring. So just have to wait and see. But, yeah, keep my eye on it. Keep my eye on it. So you've actually had a, a unique um, – not many guys get a chance to play in uh, training camp the NFL. You got to play in Canada for a little bit and the XFL. How are those three similar yet different all at the same time for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's all football. I'm going to when you get down to it, it's all football. Um, the CFL is a little bit different, just, you know, how they – the field's different. Um, you're able to, like, sprint up from 10 yards away to the line and get a head start as a receiver and just take off. It's, there's a little bit of a, a rule of differences in there. It's one foot inbounds, and when you have to catch the ball, you do the CFL. But the XFL and the NFL are very similar. Um, I know the XFL was experimenting with some uh, different kickoffs and kickoff returns in terms of safety, um, and that was kind of wild. Yeah, each league was very different in its own way, but very similar as well. Because you know, it's just it's just football. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, I thought the XFL did a nice job in the regards of like I think all the other smaller leagues that have tried to peel off. I mean, you had the UFL, the AFL, all that tried to mimic the NFL and kind of be the NFL's little brother too much. And I thought the XFL actually did a really nice job of being unique. Um, I think that everyone watches the NFL to watch the Odell Beckhams, the Saquon Barkleys do the do, do the remarkable, right? I think the XFL was like, you know, we're not going to have those guys because they're in the NFL. Like, let's do something different and put a still very quality thing on the field. And so I thought the XFL did a really nice job of blending the NFL, but also putting their own twist on it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It was um, very cool and very unique how they went about it. Their advertising was out of this world. It was place. Vince McMahon did a, did a fantastic job. Um, it's just kind of sad to see it go. He said the Rock bought it back, so it'll be great to see uh, see where they go with it. I mean, speaking of things going, man, news this past week, Big Ten football not happening. I know you're a Big Ten guy. Um, I mean, you played here at Nebraska in the Big Ten. You're from Chicago, so I know you've grown up watching the Big Ten. What was last week like? I mean, I know I rode the emotions of eating my feelings to anger to all over the place. What was, what was the emotions like for you there in the Westerkamp household when you read the news of no football this fall? Yeah, we were, um, we were disappointed. We, we understand the player safety. I mean, that always comes first, number one. Um, but, you know, we're a huge football family, and it's just selfish us. It's sad to, to not be able to, to, to see the season. And 
Um, that's a bummer. But like I said, I know safety is um, number one priority. And I know there's a lot smart people out there that know a lot more than I do about it. <laughs> um, I have my opinions on it, but I just, I'm not qualified and I understand that. So I wish they were, they were playing. I want them to play, but I totally understand where they're, where they're coming from. Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I, I'm right there with you, Wesley. I'm selfishly, I'm like, man, I really want them to play. But one thing I had someone ask me this the other day, and I want to ask it back to you. So you're going into 2016, your senior year, right? You're going, you're going into 2016. It's August. You're gearing up for for your senior year, and this happens to you. How do you how do you view that as a player, or how do you even think you might respond to that? Because I can't imagine trying to be one of these kids in North Stadium right now, just sitting there going, man, now what? Right, right. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, <clears throat> this has never happened before, right? So um, it's tough. And I, I saw a quote today. I think it was from Nick Saban, actually. And he was talking about how um, if there were any juniors um, or seniors, if they, if they end up do playing the season in the spring, um, and seniors could hypothetically stay and do that if they wanted to, I guess. I mean, I, again, I don't know how it works. But right. he had a good quote saying, if there were anybody on the team, a junior, senior, who had a – um, a good draft stock um, grade, they would just they would leave, they would easily leave, and this this season would sort of turn into like a JV type type season. So that that was his quote today. So it's tough. And I don't know how what I would do in that situation. It's 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 just it's tough. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that I think there's probably, and you might might agree with me on this. There's probably about 20 guys in college football that have first round that are legit, don't have to play this year, getting drafted in the first round, and those guys, if there's a spring right. season, 100% should sit out. The problem is there's probably right. going to be 100 guys that have 100 different people telling them you're a first-round pick, and they're going to sit right. out, and then that number's just going to spiral. And so I think it will spiral a little bit out of control, especially yeah. if the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 all play. And then these kids mm -hmm. are going to feel like they're behind. They're not going. So it's a mess, man. I mean, my hope is that um, Nebraska can figure it out. I mean, again, there won't be any football until the spring. But even then, man, two full seasons. Could you imagine two full seasons on your body in one calendar year? Yeah, man, I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. The, the body can only take so much. So it's, I don't know. I just, again, it, safety is the number one priority. I get that. But it's just going to be, there's going to be a lot of things they have to figure out. To, and it's actually going to come back to player safety that they're going to have to figure out for the, the future seasons. Absolutely. Well, before we dive into Husker football here, I know you're a big supporter of Team Jack as well as I am myself. I wanted to give a quick shout out to, to Andy. I got the Twice the Fight shirt on here as we're talking, thinking about him. And just know that we, we love you guys, the Hoffman family, and that I send my best. And I know Westercamp, and uh, we, he sends his best to you guys as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, keep fighting that good fight. I got a whole box of those T-shirts downstairs. So we love you. Stay strong, man. Absolutely, man. So let's move on to a little bit about our Huskers here. So season puts on hold, and I mean, is, I take a step back, and I look at this Husker football team from afar. You start going, you know, some more development and stuff might not be terrible for this Husker football team. What were your expectations going into this season, and kind of what do you think now, if any, may change with the spring season? Yeah, just like you said, you know, look at all the positives now. You know, look at a little more time. <laughs> yep. That's great. Make it as positive as, as possible. So that's that's awesome. But um, yeah, I mean, there's um, they've got a lot of great players, and I know Frost he's, he's heading in the right direction. I know that it's not what they wanted the first couple seasons, but um, you know, we we all believe in him. We trust them. They've got some great players, um, some great new coaches too, with a lot of experience. So, like you said, take all this time in the world. Now, I don't even know what their protocol is going to be for the next couple of months. If I don't think they know. Or, or, yeah. So it's. Just you know, just be smart and take these next couple months and just do whatever you can to get your players um, better and even in even better shape than they already are right now. 
Right. I mean, so the big question on this football team right now, I mean, when you were here, Westy, you guys had an unbelievable, I mean, I when I was here, had an unbelievable wide receiver room. It seemed like every year there's more and more standout stars. I mean, Kenny, yourself, Quincy, I mean, JD, Stanley, like it goes down the list. And now it yeah. seems like this offense is just giant question mark at wide receiver. I mean, as you've watched Scott Frost's offense and you've seen the what they do with the receivers, how big is that going to be this year of needing guys to step up? Or what can you kind of look for from this wide receiver group? Yeah, definitely. And um, as we know, losing JD was was a big deal. Um, he's a great player, great guy. I mean, I wish him all the best. Um, I know they just got a uh, a grad transfer, Omar Manning. Yep. He's going to be a great player, um, big body guy. They've got um, Cade Warner. They've got um, Andel Robinson, who's some. So they've got they've got the players. They've got a ton of good players. It's just going to be um, very interesting to see how. Uh, how they do out there. I know, and Adrian Martinez is a great quarterback. So, I mean, they have the, they have the weapons. They just kind of put it all together, and they'll be great. And I know the, the new um, uh, OC, Matt Lubick, I think that's his name. He's got a lot of experience at the receiver position. I think I read like 17 years mm -hmm. of uh, at the receiver position. So, he'll have those guys ready to rock. And it'll be exciting once once football comes back. Now the hype's going to be crazy with oh all the Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine, can you imagine the, first, the first football game in Memorial Stadium in 2021? After a whole year of no football there, man, this state is going to go insane. I'm going to have to make sure I'm, I'm not at that one. <laughs> oh, you better believe I'll be front and center up in the skybox screaming off the roof like I always am. Well, <laughs> Western, Western Camp, I wanted to – Westy, I don't know why I call you. I always call you Westy. Westy, I want to thank you for joining us here on Husker Huddle here at the Husker Sports Network. Man, it's always great to catch up with you. Always good insight. Excited to continue to follow you. Hope to see you back uh, doing – WWE moves with the rock on the sideline there as the XFL starts rocking and rolling. And uh, you got any last words for Husker Nation here? Hey, just keep your heads up. Uh, just keep your heads up and it'll all go back to normal pretty soon. Football ain't going away. It'll be back if that's next year. Whatever that is, it'll be back. So just, just stay positive and, and keep that hype going. Oh, yeah, I got to keep the hype up. Thank you guys for joining us again on this week's edition of Husker Huddle. We'll see you next week. Right now, glad to welcome on board Kevin Suits, who has got to be a happy guy right now because you actually have high school sports going on. I mean, man, a sports a sports staff with actual sports to cover. Who would have thunk that, huh, Kevin? It's a beautiful thing, isn't it, Greg? The past <laughs> few weeks have been really nice being out on the football field and uh, talking to some of these local coaches and players and uh, gearing up for week number one. Games start, uh, well, they started last week, but the first official week with everybody jumping in uh, really takes uh, takes effect tomorrow. Yeah, last week Seacrest had a game. North Star played Hastings in one of the four games that were that took place around the state on a Friday night. Uh, you weren't at that one. You were at a different one. What was it like to be at an actual football high school football game again? Did it did it did it get to you at all? Uh, yeah, I got a little tear in the eye. I think when I walked up, yeah. it was amazing just getting there. I went up to Skyler, and uh, you know that's a program that hasn't had the most success, but its coach is Jason Ankra, who played for Nebraska a few years ago, and, man, he's a great coach. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, he knows what he's doing. But just the, the overall atmosphere, they had cheerleaders right off the field. They were wearing masks but still doing their cheers. There were fans in the opposing sidelines or in the stands. There were fans in the home stands. And in Skyler, it's a rural community, so uh, there were some restrictions in place, but it wasn't as stringent as it is here in Lincoln at this point in time, especially in my conversation with Dan uh, Corey, my colleague who was over at the game at Seacrest, my experience was a little bit different because the limitations on the crowd were not as strict. There were a lot of community members that just rolled up and 
some were standing about 10, 15 feet off the field of play watching some football. And it was a beautiful night last Friday, too. Well, that's great. Well, you not only do you have football, you have softball taking place, golf's underway, uh, a lot of the different sports. Volleyball's getting cranked up as well at the high school level. As you've talked to these coaches, how big of an obstacle has it been to deal with practicing, with the virus, with monitoring their players? How big of an adjustment has it been for them? It's been an adjustment. I've heard one coach specifically say even just this past week, he goes, Everybody needs to have their mask on. And there were about four kids on a knee in a huddle. They didn't have their masks. And this was mid-practice. He just wanted to address them as a group as they were transitioning from one drill to the next. And he kicked all four of them out of the huddle immediately. He goes, so-and-so, where's your mask? Get out of here. So-and-so, where's your mask? Get out. When everybody got back in the huddle, he said, guys, I know it's annoying. I don't like wearing it either. But it's something we have to do. We're trying to be responsible. And Lincoln Christian here in town, you know, this is a team with smaller numbers, but they're in Lincoln and they're playing by all the rules. They even have instituted what they call a COVID break. And Kurt Earl, the head coach there, he can give you some scientific data behind it. But it's all about letting everything rest in the air particles. He gave me the whole spiel on it. But a COVID break is an extended water break. Guys are all spaced. They go get their own uh, jug of water, and then if they allow their bodies and, you know, they're, they're not on top of each other, not, they're not next to each other, for three to five minutes, it improves their chance of not having something pass from one player to the next. So uh, they've done a lot of research. They've done a lot of homework. It looks different, though. If you're just a bystander that w- walks up on practice, seeing the masks, seeing a huddle, and seeing the sidelines with the spacing, it's different, but when the game starts or when a scrimmage starts and you see it's 11-on-11 11 11 with the coach on the sideline, it looks kind of normal then. Kevin Suits is with us, sports director at 10-11, high school sports back underway. Uh, were you surprised by the decision by the High School Activity Association to go forward? Not every state is. There's a lot. There's more that are than, than aren't. But did it surprise you? And how, how tough of a decision do you think it was for those folks? It did not surprise me one bit, Greg, and here's why. If you look at the population of Nebraska and where it's spread out, you cannot take away the opportunity for some of these rural communities to play football this fall when they've had very few cases, if any at all. You know, if they were to make a blanket statement to pull the plug on the whole thing, which that has happened in 17 states in the U.S., and that's the number right now, there have been a lot of states that have altered their schedule, which that means they're either playing after Labor Day, later in the season, or they've maybe moved it to the spring. I believe the number is 14. Nebraska is one of 14 states that's playing it as originally scheduled, most of them in the Great Plains region as well. Uh, So I wasn't surprised at the decision. And, you know, we've been to some of these rural communities, and you don't get the sense that there's any fear because they've had such low experience with it. They're just not around it. Um, But I do think it is a different discussion when you come into the Lincoln, Omaha, and some of the more metropolitan areas in the state of Nebraska. And that's where the NSAA kind of pushed it off to, well, we're going to let your district decide, and we're going to let the local officials make that decision. I don't think it's for the NSAA to make the call whether they should play football in, say, David City as opposed to Omaha. 
Well, and and you mentioned lo- local districts' decisions, and OPS did decide not to go forward with fall sports, so they're out. I know you also converse with a lot of athletic directors. How big of a scramble was it to replace all those OPS teams on all the schedules, football, volleyball, softball, what it may be? How, how big of an undertaking was that? You know, honestly, Greg, this surprised me. In my conversations, it was not as big of a scramble as you would have imagined. I thought initially it'd be like, oh, my goodness, you get – you know, Lincoln Southwest has to come up with four games on the fly. But these ADs, they communicate so frequently in, in, the, in the same uh, conferences and seminars a lot. So they have maintained pretty regular communication. And it was as simple as, not to oversimplify this, Greg, but, okay, so if this team lost an opponent, so did we. You get on the phone, and honestly, within two days, that game is pretty much agreed upon verbally. Now it's just up to getting it signed off on where you're going to play, what time it's going to be, and making sure that equipment-wise everything is, is okay. So I, don't, I didn't get the impression that this thing was a big stretch and a huge, massive undertaking that it became a burden. It was more of a, I know this person, they know me, let's get on the phone. It's almost like you know scheduling some of these youth baseball games. You lose a game on a rainout, you want your boys to play two nights later, you just call somebody up and all of a sudden you've got a game in short time. Yeah, love that. That's kind of old school way to get things done. Just go pick up the phone and make a call and and get it done. It hasn't been an, uh, all a bed of roses. I know you had a story tonight about a, a, an outbreak with the Lincoln East volleyball team. Uh, Milford, I know, has had problems with their football team. In fact, I think they had to cancel their opening game of the season. Uh, do you anticipate, I guess they all have to anticipate some of this happening throughout the fall, don't they? Absolutely. And you don't know when it's going to come. And when it does come, if it's deemed an outbreak or there's high exposure, uh, you just got to shut it down. And I think all the athletic directors, all the coaches, all the players, they understand this. So um, now it's all about what are you going to do in the event that that happens? One, the team that has been exposed, they've got to go into quarantine. But then for the opponents that maybe lost somebody, the NSAA has set up a database so that the teams that have lost opponents or games, you can go in and you look at this database and you can try to line up a game in a short amount of time. So, you know, I don't know if that's answering your question, Greg, but I, I yeah. think that these teams, they, they are prepared. There's a contingency plan in place if you're an opponent that just lost a team. And then if you are the team, knowing what the proper steps are. And, in fact, we're going to talk about Grand Island football coming up tonight at 10 o'clock on 10-11. Grand Island just got back to action a few days ago. Uh, they had to go into quarantine back on, I believe, August 9th. It was right as uh, two days or full camp preseason practice was about to start for them. But now they're back on the field. And they'll share with us a little bit about what they did in the meantime because they're still hoping to play here within the next 10 days. So they, but they won't play this Friday, right? Correct, correct. They're they're out this week, um, but they will play next week. Keeping their fingers crossed. How, how will all this affect playoffs and in that type of thing? I mean, if you get a team that can only maybe get six games in, will they be judged differently than somebody that maybe gets closer to their complete schedule done? Yes, and this is going to be a really interesting thing to watch as the season plays out. You might have an undefeated team go 6-0 and and maybe grab the one seed. Um, and I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's just going to be the way 2020 goes. The yeah. NSAA has said they are not – these rescheduled games that we were just talking about, they do not count toward wild card points. So some people may ask, well, why are you going to even play it then? 
because what's the benefit from a wild wild card or a record standpoint? Well, let's give the boys a few more chance to get on the field and make some memories. And you never know, maybe one of these like handshake games is going to provide the greatest highlight of the season or maybe the most dramatic finish. So you don't want to rob the kids of that opportunity if it exists. However, it will be judged differently in the eyes of the NSAA as they start to go through the seating and decide who gets in the playoffs and also decide who gets the one seed, who's getting a home game. So that's going to be an interesting study. And I think if you talk to any coach, they're less concerned about what the playoff seating is going to look like. They're more concerned about how many games are we going to get in. When we started doing our high school football previews, you got the sense from some coaches that they were just hanging on a thread. I think that now that we're this far into preseason practice in the season, week one starts tomorrow. They, you get the sense of now is like how many games can we play and they have a better feeling that week nine is attainable. It was maybe seeming more of a far-fetched thing a few weeks ago. No, I'm with you. I, I can sense that too, and I, I kind of feel that way with college football. I, I kind of sense that those three power conferences that are still pushing through are, are have a better chance to make it now than I did a couple of weeks ago. I hope that's accurate because we all want it. Well, I'm jealous, Kevin. I mean, you guys are at least getting to go out, cover games, talk about games. We're sitting here, no Husker sports for the foreseeable future. I, I'm I'm glad for the young people. Boys and girls are getting that opportunity to compete, particularly the ones that are seniors this year in high school, that they're at least getting a chance to compete. I I totally agree with you, Greg. And the one thing we haven't talked about that has been a constant theme in my interactions with coaches and players, more more so coaches, is the mental health of these young men. The fact that they are able to uh, stay social with their teammates and with their friends, the fact that they can get some life lessons, which sports so often provides, and also just have a sense of normalcy, this is good. And having witnessed several practices already over the past few weeks, I can sense a little pep out of these guys. And, and quite frankly, it's been a rough 2020 for everybody, especially for some of these high schoolers who didn't get prom, who didn't get their spring sports season. Um, you know, there, there have been a lot of roadblocks that have been put in front of them, but having them out on the athletic field and around their buddies, you can sense that uh, their, their hearts are warm right now and they're excited about what lies ahead. Oh, I'm so happy for him. And, you know, we've had good success around here. I mean, you, you did cover a lot of Legion ball over the summer. That seemed to go off without much of a hitch. I know the Southwest squad got shut down for a little while, and one of the East teams had to stop their season. Uh, but but that happened. We had the Shrine Bowl that, that went off. With the, I don't even think there was a hitch. I don't think there was a positive test that came out of that. At least I didn't hear of one. So at least we've been pretty fortunate in the state of Nebraska to get some things checked off the list here during this pandemic. Absolutely. There's a lot of positive momentum, and I think Nebraska is setting a bit of a blueprint nationally for how this looks and how it can work. I know that everything needs to be looked at from a case-by-case standpoint because, uh, like we mentioned about the population distribution in this state, but for how it can work, how it can be done, and the Shrine Bowl is a fantastic example because those boys, they didn't just show up and play a football game uh, back in the middle, middle of the summer. They were there for a week in advance, and they were going to meals together. They were going to meetings together. They were going through other uh, various functions out in the community. They played a football game. 
and there were zero cases, coaches, administrators, organizers, and players. Uh, so that was the first sign that it could be done. I think that was evaluated by the NSAA as they started to look at the football season this fall. And here we are. We're on the brink of week one, and you get the sense that everything is, is trending in the right direction for those who want to see football this fall. Oh, this is beautiful. Can't wait to watch the coverage in the coming weeks. Good luck to you and your staff. I know you're going to be busy. We appreciate you taking some time to talk to us tonight here, Kevin. I appreciate it, Greg. Stay well, and thank you for the time. Moving right along, delighted to welcome the former host of this little ditty. He's moved on to bigger and better things now. Jeff Colhane joins us from Fargo, North Dakota. He's the voice of the bison. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? How are you doing, my friend? It's uh, It has been a unique few hours here in the sports world, that's for sure. And um, 2020 doesn't want to go away. So it's I'm doing good. It's It's been weird. The last yeah. few hours. No, it's been it's been weird really for the last six months. And let, let's start that before we get to what I brought you on, and that's to talk about the Bison scheduling a football game in October. But Jeff, I I, I think I'm a, like a lot of I'm exhausted. I, I'm just I'm worn out. I'm worn out by the virus and canceling everything. You know the 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 racial unrest. It just it grains on you to the point where you just you don't you want to push away and not deal with it anymore. Do, do you feel that at all? Yeah, it's 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 really complicated. I think especially the 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 social unrest aspect of it. Um, the virus is pretty simple for me. I'm tired of it. I mean that one that one goes without saying, you know. Um, and I think we got some actually some encouraging news uh, just a little while ago as well with some improved, cheaper testing with quicker turnaround times um, that just uh, I saw came out on social media from a, a medical and a health expert. So I think that's, that's positive news that we can take in. Um, the, the social justice side has been frankly very sad for me. Um, you know, uh, dealing and talking about a lot of the same things that unfortunately we've talked about for a long, long time. And I think every, every story, every situation certainly is, it can be complicated. Uh, there are always many sides to, to every stories, but the the crux of it is um, you hate to see people die or get hurt in the situations that we are seeing right now. And um, a lot of our professional athletes are are standing up and and uh, bringing attention to it. Uh, certainly, the NBA tonight has been at the forefront. The WNBA followed in Major League Baseball with the Brewers and the Reds and also the Mariners and Padres have have uh, echoed those sentiments. So, yeah, I, th- I think just for me, Greg, it's sad. Um, I-, I wish, you know, people would, would treat each other well and with respect. And um, uh, racism in our country, sadly, is not going to go away tomorrow or anytime soon, but um, I, I wish it would go away sooner rather than later because it's an awful, awful thing. Do you think the NBA's done for the year? Because uh, I, I get the feeling, and just listening to Doc Rivers' impassioned speech the other night and some of this other stuff, I, I could see these guys just saying, we're done. We're walking out of here. We're leaving this bubble. And I think that's part of it, Jeff. They're all down in this bubble. They can't live their kind of normal lives. Uh, they're cooped up. Uh, and, and I think social experiments may show that may not be the best way to do this. I know they were doing it to protect themselves and keep the virus away so they could play games. But uh, what, what do you think? Is it, is it over? Do you, or do you think they come back and finish the playoffs? 
Yeah, I, I think that they're about three. You know, when this all came down about three hours ago, driving home from work, my initial thought was I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't continue on. Now, after you know, hearing some of the things that other others have said, um, I, you know, I, I think I could I, I could see them. I could see the NBA players. You know, they've tried to use this as a platform already. Um, I could see them trying to go to even further heights to use their their platform with the playoffs currently going on to provide more attention to the the issues here and to uh, the social justice stance that we've seen out of the bubble in Orlando. So, um, you know, quite frankly, Greg, I wouldn't be surprised either way right now. And I think that's just where I'm at on it. Um, There's a meeting tonight, I believe. It's actually taking place currently, I think. Yeah, in in, the, in Orlando with the players, and uh, I would not be surprised if they if they call it off. But I, I do think that even as much support as Adam Silver has given the players to, he's given out, them everything, and he's given them everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think at some point here as well, there's there certainly is a business component to what is going on, and there's a lot on the line from that respect too, that affects the players and affects the owners and affects um, employees of teams around the NBA. So um, I I honestly think my, you know, my initial thought was I wouldn't be surprised, but I do believe what what will happen is here is tomorrow we won't see teams play, but I think they'll come back by the weekend or early next week and, and start up again. That'd be my, my take on it. All right, we'll see. Jeff Colhane's with us, former host of this show, now the voice of the Bison of North Dakota State. The the Bison's season, like a lot around college football, certainly the Big Ten, has been pushed to the spring. And yet, earlier this week, here came this announcement that the Bison are going to play an October game against Central Arkansas. What? Give me the background. What's the story behind this? Yeah, so I think two main things are the reason why this took place. One, last week when the NCAA came out and provided uh, college football programs with the answers to the eligibility question for those, really for everyone, uh, quite frankly, where you're not going to lose a year if you play in the fall or in the spring, um, that provided some some answers for the coaching staff, for Matt Entz and, and his program and the director of athletics here at NDSU, Matt Larson as well. Um, about those, you know, consistent questions that not only here but everywhere around the country, Nebraska, Michigan, Ohio State, um, Alabama, their players are asking the coaches, hey, what's the situation if we play two in the fall and it shuts down and then we don't get to play in the spring or we play three in the spring? Am I losing a year? And so the opt-out question was big. Um when those answers came down the line, uh, I think that certainly helped. And then the other aspect of this that did not sit well with with Matt Entz here at North Dakota State was when the NCAA only allowed 12 hours of contact uh, during the week uh, with uh, coaches and players if they're not if they're not playing any games. And you couldn't do 11 on 11. You couldn't do seven on seven. I mean, essentially, you're not allowed to do really anything from a football development perspective. So when, when all those um, answers came down the line, uh, it, it was made very clear for North Dakota State that they wanted to schedule at least one, if not more, if they could do it. Uh, they had 
had some previous conversations with Central Arkansas uh, just under two weeks ago, and were really close to lining up a game. In fact, I think they had really solidified a date and were ready to play until some communication uh, kind of fell through and some other questions popped up with, with how the season could look. So the big one uh, from Matt Entz's perspective, Greg, was being able to get the, the full 20 hours of practice a week to essentially have another fall camp, get some more practice time in, and then at the end of it have – you know, a little bit of a cherry on top of the football game at the end of the, uh, the the 30 days or so and to to kind of go out in style into the offseason. I, I think it's great. And, 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 you know, I know the Big Ten coaches aren't happy with this 12-hour limit, too, while they're sitting around and watching the ACC, the SEC, and the Big 12 go full bore and get games in and do all that stuff. And, and they're handicapped, they feel like, by the 12 hours. They'd love to be able to do that. And Nebraska would love to be able to kind of have a – fall spring game if they could pull that off but i don't think that's going to happen so i'm envious uh, of what you can do so all right so you have that game and then i guess kind of shut her down for a while and then get geared up is there any kind of schedule put out by the missouri valley for next spring yet or when do you would you anticipate something like that yeah sadly we don't have any answers on that either and and you wish you would uh, by now but i think that's a little bit of a uh, of a sample size of how this has all been handled at the higher ups. And I'm talking about the NCAA, um, some of the conference commissioners, obviously, and and how it's been just not discussed probably as much as it should have. So, no, there, there is no plan right now. I see the Big Ten is, is starting to get a little bit proactive mm-hmm. about playing earlier in January and February and maybe doing it at dome stadiums or indoor venues, and that's interesting. Uh, to follow, but I'll tell you what, it, it's a big question, Greg, the viability of a spring football season. Um, if you go March through May and possibly play 10 or 11 games and then trying to restart another season in the fall of 21, it, it gets tough. I mean, yeah. it's a physical sport. I know these kids are young and can handle a lot from that perspective, but it's not basketball. It's not baseball. Right. Uh, you're playing. You're playing a big time contact sport, and so can you turn around from the end of May to the start of September, or even the start of October, and and take away some of the injuries that you think you'll have on the back end? It is a huge question that everybody that's been pushed to the spring has, especially at this level. Yeah, crazy times, and and you know we still don't know. You mentioned the the new. Uh... The new testing device, which I think is going to really help out sports, I think it's really going to make a difference for the NFL. That that's really, I think, going to solidify. They'll be able to get their season in, and you hope that there's yep. a vaccine around the corner so we can all kind of get back to knowing uh, what's on the line. How's your summer been? Have you have you fixed that big banana hook of yours, or what's it been like? <laughs> it, it, the legend grows, my friends. You've seen it. Uh, yep. You've seen it in its prime. It has not gotten a whole lot better. Just you know, as as a bad golfer, you just kind of get used to uh, to trying to place your bad shots, right? So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, love to golf, love to play, and get out and, and be around friends. And and up here, we only get about three months of sunshine. So oh come on, that. So <laughs> so no, it's it's been great and have a, have a little bit more time uh, before the uh, the snow hits here so we'll sh- I'm sure we'll get out there and do it again here pretty quick. You got at least 3 more weeks before the snow gets there. Well, yeah, about 10 days, <laughs> I think is what we're looking at. Probably about 10 days. Yeah. All exactly. right, my friend. Appreciate it. I'm glad to hear you got a game to call in October and uh, we'll be in touch. 
That sounds good. Always good talking to you, Sharpie. It's time to buy or sell. Buy sell is brought to you by Famous Dave's, your perfect catering choice for business lunches, meetings, weddings, parties, and more. Treat your guests to authentic smoked daily barbecue, made from scratch sides, and award-winning desserts. Famous Dave's, we do catering right. Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Brett Witte and Josh Hilkeman. That's right, Brett, back for the first time playing the everyone playing edition of Buy or Sell. We kicked that off last week. I think it was a success. We got everybody involved, and we, we actually have some answers to go through. So before we get into everybody's questions or everybody participates, we get to find out how we all did, you know, are the producers as good as Greg and Bennett playing this or, or not? So how, how did we do coming out of the blocks? Yeah. I know of a couple that I got wrong. Right, so. exactly. So we'll, we'll start. Brett and I will take you through the answers here. There are five that we have, and then we'll get into this week's questions. And we start with an answer from the NHL question that Tim asked last week. By ourselves that the Canadians or the Capitals would force a game seven. The answer was a sell. The Caps lost in five, Canadians in six. And so it was Greg and myself getting that right with a sell. The, everybody else bought it and was incorrect. So I'm on the board. Yep. Good good start for Greg Greg yeah. and myself. It didn't go good for batting a thousand, player. Josh. Yep. I'm I'm on fire to start off here. All right. Uh, the next one uh, was a bin question, Major League Baseball question. Buy or sell that Fernando Tatis would lead the National League in any of the following categories through play on Tuesday. Uh, the home the categories were home runs, RBI. Or stolen bases, that ended up being a buy. He led in home runs and RBI. Uh, ben and Tim were the only to sell that. Everybody else got it correct. Yeah. He started slowing down a little bit, but he's miles ahead and everything. So yep. Yeah. Sold your own question. Got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan <laughs> VR went on a huge stolen base spree, so he lost that one, but right. loved the other two. The other ones, he wasn't even that he was tied for the lead. He, has, he had the yeah. lead coming into today in both those categories. Uh, we now move over to a Brett question, and of course, it was soccer related. Bayer sell that PSG and Bayern Munich would combine for at least four goals in Sunday's final of the EuroLeague, or both Kylian Mbappe and Neymar would score a goal for PSG. The answer was a sell. It was only one nothing Bayern Munich, so didn't get to the four goals, and obviously PSG was shut out, so didn't get to that part of the question either. And we split it half and half. Greg, Ben, and Brett all sold it and were all correct. Myself, Austin, and Tim all got it wrong with a bye. Okay, I'm on the board. You're on the One board. For three. <laughs> all right, uh, next up, it was an Austin Major League Baseball question by or sell that Matt Harvey would win two of his first three starts in a Royals uniform. That ended up being a sell uh, through two. He has a loss and a no decision. Uh, actually, everybody got that right except for the person that asked the question, Austin. <laughs> oh, Austin. That was such a slam dunk no. Oh, I know. It was, he pitched well again yesterday, just not yeah, good enough. I think Austin yeah. had high hopes on that one. Yeah. They won the game yesterday that he started, but well, they, didn't, they didn't take the lead until after he left the and game. And see, maybe he should have phrased it that way. Would the Royals win the first two start? Like, Because then you'd be one and one, and you'd be going to the third one. Scene. Yeah. But, yeah, he only pitched like three innings, so 
it's not going to get it done. Young Austin will learn. Right. He, <laughs> I think his second question was better. We don't have the answer to it yet, but we do have an answer to Tim's second NHL question. He was the NHL question asker last week, <laughs> and he said by or sell that the St. Louis Blues would beat the Vancouver Canucks by two or more goals last Wednesday night, or Blues center Ryan O'Reilly would tally at least one point in each remaining game of the series. And at that point, the series was tied 2-2, and O'Reilly had three goals and three assists through that point. The answer ended up being a bye. The Blues lost Wednesday and Friday, so they didn't get that first part of the question. But O'Reilly did score a goal on Wednesday, and he had an assist on Friday, so points in each of the last two games of the series, making it a bye. Greg and Tim both bought it and were both right. The rest of us sold and were incorrect. My goodness. So I, I can't believe that ended up being a bye. I know that was crazy. I was that was a hard sell on my part, and that was probably next to Austin's question about Matt Harvey. That was probably the one that I was selling the hardest, but it came true. And you know what? That was good enough for Greg to have a perfect week to start out five for five, and that was by far the best week of anybody that that played. Uh, Brett and myself both went three of five. That was the next best. Tim and Ben were both two of five, and Austin. One of five. So Austin has a little bit of ground to make up here. Austin, you're all playing from behind just like me. Now you know how I feel. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. All right, so let's uh, let's jump into this week's questions. We'll just go in the same order that we went in last week. And so that means I'll start off, and I'm going to go with a Major League Baseball question. Start off, buy or sell that the Dodgers' run differential is plus 88 or better by the end of play next Tuesday. It's plus 77 going into play tonight. And uh, got a little bit, uh, or things got a little bit changed over the last couple hours as they uh, postponed their game against the Giants later tonight. But I'm sure they'll make it up later. So I'm going to go first on that. And I'm going to buy it. They've been on fire. So I think there's no reason for them not to keep that up. I'm going to sell it. I just think that's plus 11, and they only probably have like four or five games, and I think they lose at least one of those. I'm going to sell. Okay. What are they at right now? Plus 77, so they'd have to be plus 11 through and to play next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So I know they play the, as you said, supposed to play the Giants. Giants. Yep. And then after that, I think they play the Rangers. Is it the Rangers? Could be. Who are, who are terrible. Right. They're not um, good. I don't know who they play after that. And that, I mean, they might have just one game after that if that's if the Rangers are the weekend series. It's a, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, plus 88. Yeah, I'm buying. Okay. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to, I'm going to sell that one. I, I think I'm gonna, along the lines of Greg there, but. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say around plus nine, plus ten at the best. All right. I don't feel real confident in my answer, but uh, well, especially it, now that Brett agreed with you. Yeah, I, I mean, know that's what makes you nervous. The kiss of death. <laughs> All right, boys. We have college football Ooh. Saturday night. Central Arkansas hosting Austin P. Central Arkansas favored by three and a half. Do you buy or sell? They cover the spread. And to give you a little bit more on this, Austin P was eleven and four a year ago. They won the Ohio Valley. Central Arkansas was nine and four, and they were second in the Southland Conference. Hmm. So, do they cover? Do you buy or sell? They cover the three and a half. I'm buying. Oh, Greg's buying. All right. 
Ben, I think you're up next. Yeah, Tim. Um, so you're taking Central Arkansas. I think they're yep. the Bears, right? Isn't Austin P like the Pioneers or something like that? Yeah, I think so. Something, that, something weird. By like the way, that. that's that's eight o'clock on ESPN Saturday night. So, so you we'll, can kick back Saturday and watch some college football. Yeah, we'll be tuned in. Oh yeah. I'm pretty sure. This is my logic here. I'm pretty sure Nebraska, former Nebraska cornerback Trey Mosley, transferred to Central Arkansas. So I'm going to roll with UCA in honor of Trey Mosley. So So you're buying? We're going to cover the spread. You're buying. All right, Brett? Yeah, I'm I'm also going to buy that. Uh, Not a whole lot to go on here, but I'm going uh, Central Arkansas to cover the spread. All right, now you guys are going to get a little peek into my strategy. We've always been playing along when you guys played on on the air, but – now you get a peek into this strategy. Whenever everybody else is doing one, going one way, I just have to go the other way. So I'm going <laughs> to sell. You guys are three for three buying. I'm selling. That's no logic behind it. Very good. <laughs> All right, Tim's question's up next. Buy or sell that Brad Marchand of the Boston Bruins scores at least three goals throughout the remainder of the series with Tampa, or there will be at least one <laughs> double overtime game in that series. And they are playing tonight. <sighs> And Ben, you're first. Tim's not here to answer. Man, Tampa Bay's been allowing a lot of goals, and they've been playing playing a lot of overtime games. Is it just one overtime or a double overtime? Double. Got to be a double. I mean, it could be a triple, and that would count. And he needs three goals in the series? Yes. After today, or assuming through the the rest of the series, right? Starting with tonight's game. Well, this is I'll... game three, right? Yeah. Yes. It's only one due one. diligence to see if he's scored <laughs> so far tonight. So they, They've scored a goal, so I don't know if it's uh, Yeah, not, did he but... score it? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up, and, and everybody's going to want to know I was going to say, so you're the you're the first one to go. So Let's see. Um, no, it was Sergachev. Okay. okay. Oh, him. This is an or question. <laughs> He scores three goals the remainder of the series, or there's no, a double. At I, least a no, double that was the Marchand has scored tonight. Oh, oh he does right. have a goal tonight. Oh, no. So, so you're he buying? needs two more goals in the series. The rest of the yes. series, yes. Or there's a double overtime game. Man, that's shoot, tough. I'm buying that it. Makes it harder. I mean, he's got. Yeah. He's 33 percent of the way there. Not know, even in the third period. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be different than Ben on that one, but with with that uh, knowledge in hand, I've, I've got to buy it. Yeah, uh, now I really want to sell it, and I, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Why not? I'm selling, even though the odds are against me. I know that the double overtime thing—that's the odds of that happening—are very low, and I'm just gonna say that he, Marshawn or however you say his name, he cools down. So I'm selling. I'm with you. I'm selling too. I'm with you. All right, Ben, Ben's you're up question. Next. Yeah, Ben. Okay. Uh, this is in light of Lucas Giolito's no-hitter last night. Buy or sell that there is a another no-hitter or there is a player that hits for the cycle. And, and we are halfway through the season for a lot of teams. Some teams playing exactly game 30 today. Let, yeah. let me ask you this. Does a seven-inning no-hitter count? Yes. And I'll count it. What about – That'll a, go down as a no-hitter in their career. So. And did you – Specified too. What about a combined no hitter? No, one person, right. one guy. Food. So then you're up first Brent. on your own question. Yeah, Ben, what do you, you buy or sell it? I'm going to. We've almost seen two. Kenta Maeda. Yeah. Yep. The Twins almost had one. 
I'm going to buy it. I'm going to say, uh, and I think it's the cycle. I think someone gets the cycle. Interesting. All right. I'll, I'll sell it just to be different, but uh, I, I do think that, uh, that we might see another no-hitter here. I'm going to sell it as well. I, um, Yeah, I don't like the odds of the cycle. I feel like that a lot of times only happens a couple times a year in a full 162-game season. And then the no-hitter thing, I feel like, as we get closer to the playoffs, teams are going to be really careful about, you know, pitching guys too many pitches. So I'm selling. With the seven inning thing as part of this, I'm buying. Yeah. That, and that's a good point, Greg, because you know what? There's going to be a lot more doubleheaders played as yep. we get, come down the stretch. Teams like the Cardinals having to make up games. That's true. All right, All right, Brett's turn. Well, yeah, Brett. it looks like I'm next up. I'm going to the to the NBA, and uh, so this question a little up in the air, but we're just going to assume that the the season does or the the finals and everything do get played. But buy or sell that Paul George will average at least 22 and a half points per game in the playoffs for the Clippers. Uh, he's currently averaging 19.2 after some pretty horrible games. And you're up first. Uh, and yeah, so I'm going to buy that actually. I think he's just going to be right over, right over that 22 and a half line. I'm going to sell it. I, I, I feel like he could probably explode and up that average quite a bit, but we've already seen a number of games, and I don't think that they'll probably make it through this the the current round um, against Dallas. But I don't know if they make it past the next one, so I'm going to sell it. What did he say? He's been depressed in the yeah. bubble. Yeah, and that's what he's felt like has affected his game a lot. And he's he's always kind of had a, he's always yeah. been in a different mental headspace than. than but other he, guys. he did have a good game though. Yeah, he did. Thirty-five. Yeah. So is it just the rest of the games that the Clippers play, or it, is it throughout? Like, does he have to raise his average from what it currently? Yeah, is? he has to raise it from the nineteen point two that it's at right okay. now. Okay. Yeah. To so twenty two five or better. So if he if he has a couple more thirty point games, uh, right, he would get it above that yeah, at that yeah. point. But um, like you're assuming that they I, move past the Mavericks. I was gonna say, but I could also yeah. see him if they move on, him having a couple of you know. 12, 13 point games if they bring it down <laughs> yeah. even more. That playoff Paul George. I'm going to sell it. Okay. Ben? Hmm. So how many games has the Clippers played in the playoffs? Four. That, five. Yeah, I think that was They're game five. Three, yeah. They're at 3-2. So they've played five. He's at 19-something now. Mm-hmm. With a with a seven pointer, yeah. a nine pointer, and an eleven pointer. On so they side. could play. They could play. What's this series? Two two. Three, three two. two. Three, three two. two uh, Clippers. Three two Clippers. Clippers. With Kristaps uh, Porzingis out with an injury and Doncic playing with a bum ankle. So they they may only play. Well, if they I guess they win, they would play another series. I'm gonna buy it. I don't feel real confident, but my rationale is if they lose, they'll get one more. Mm at least one more game and if they lose that and he scores over let's just say 25 that's probably going to raise that average up mm-hmm. I don't know I don't feel confident but <laughs> the answer has been submitted yep it's right. a buy love it okay Austin has the next question I'll give it for you buy or sell that the Angels we're going baseball here that the Angels will have the worst record in the American League by the end of play next Tuesday hmm Quickly looking at the standings. Oh, boy. Oh, my. 
All right, so it's, it'd be between Red Sox and the Angels, it looks like. Yeah. Red Sox are at 3-3-3 right now, and the Angels are 3-1-3. Whew. <laughs> that is that is not good. So are we who's, are we going turn? off of a percentage? I'm guessing. I would think you have to since they haven't yeah. played the same number of games. Yeah. Yeah. So who's first here? Who? who it's you. It's me. All right. Um. I know that they're in last right now, but I think I'm going to sell that. I don't have no idea what the um, schedules are for them and the Red Sox or anybody else that's toward the bottom of the division, but. I'll sell it and assume that they win a couple and the Red Sox drop down. Is this is this through next week? You said. Yeah, through okay. Tuesday. Okay. Yep. Um, they're three and seven in their last ten. The Red Sox are four and six. They're both neither one very good. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it. So you're taking think, everybody else? Yeah. Or you're I taking the, the Angels? I think the Angels, yeah, I take the Angels, so I'm selling it. So they will not have the oh. right? They will not have the worst record. Right. You're taking the Angels to not have the worst record. So, yeah, yeah you're selling. I sold as well. My turn? Yeah. Yeah. I'm selling, too, and I, and I think there's another team that hasn't been mentioned yet that might pass Texas. them, and that's the Tigers. The, the Tigers have brought up two prospects – that haven't been great uh, in their rotation, and their offense is god-awful. So <laughs> I think uh, the Angels have the, the best player in baseball. That's certainly going to help. Butchery's been pitching better out of the bullpen. They had to get Robles out of that closer role. That is, that's like having me try to close a game, which is <laughs> not going to work. Um, and I think the Angels' offense top to bottom is better. Rendon is murdering the ball. Uh, Fletcher is continuing to hit. I think he's over 330 with the average, and you got Mike Trout. I, I got to take the Angels. I, I think they're going to. Well, and you mentioned another it. team, too, that is playing the Dodgers, the Rangers, so they could get right. beat up. Mm -hmm. They could yeah. drop down, too. They're barely ahead of the Angels right now. So yeah. They don't play the Padres. They don't play the Slam Diego Padres for, again <laughs> for a while, so that should help them. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna follow Josh's line of thinking here and just go against the grain of what you guys are saying and uh, buy that the Angels will have the worst record. They've got the the Mariners coming up here, and the Mariners have been kind of hot the last the last week or two. Yeah, sometimes you have to try to just pick, pick up a cheap point on sure. everybody. As yeah. everybody goes one way, you just go the other and hey, hope for the best. Yeah, don't cheap don't cheapen my points. Uh, right, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, all right, back to me for my second question. I'm going tennis here. U.S. Open starting on Monday by herself that the top five seeds lose at least four sets in the first round of the men's and women's U.S. Open uh, first round Monday and Tuesday. So the top five seeds, so there's 10, ten, ten seeds total ten between seeds, the men and the yeah. women. Do they lose a combined four sets between those 10 players in the first round on Monday and Tuesday? I'm going to buy it. I feel like... I, we don't know what the seeding is yet. That comes out tomorrow, so we don't know who who the seeds are going to be. But I just feel like first round you're going to have a few, may, not necessarily upsets, but at least a few sets taken off here and there. What, so I'm buying. What makes this really odd is that these guys haven't played much. Right, and that's the other I mean, thing too. There's hardly been any. Which why? Why did tennis not jump back in when golf did? I mean, you talk about a socially distant sport. You're standing, oh, yeah. you know, 50 yards away from each other. Not that right. far, but exactly 15 to 20 yards away from each other most of the match yeah so yeah i think you'll see some drop sets if you if, if on the women's side 
if somebody loses, there's two sets right there that somebody would get beat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy it as well. Okay. That they somebody that they'll lose more than four sets. Okay. Ben. My logic here is usually to just copy Greg because he knows more about tennis than <laughs> I do. But I feel like I've agreed with him on every question this week, which I don't like. Yeah, that's <laughs> but tough. I think the logic. I think the logic is there. I just don't know that they're going to be as sharp. But um, I mean, th- then again, the the lower, not the unseeded players taking on those either. top five seeds. Yeah, they haven't played either, yeah. so they're going to be even less sharp. Maybe they're playing but. against each other in underground tennis courts. We don't know. <laughs> that could be. Yeah, we, I'm we buying. <laughs> All, right. All right. So, so if you're buying, it's an upset, right? Right. You're taking the four. All right. So yeah, I'll take the I'll take the the upsets then, just because I think, like you guys have been saying, people are going to be coming off rusty. They're not going to be in there their right physical shape so you might see some weird uh weird outcomes and matches there so we're all buying okay all right uh i'm going golf for my next one buy or sell that tiger woods finishes in the top 10 of this week's bmw championship in chicago that gets going tomorrow and i am buying i disagree with you nope sell wow sorry tiger I, i should say this field is only 70 golfers you need to finish what top six top top 10 top 10 top 10 no he's he's gonna get a case of the shanks did i did i see something too that he needs to have a good good weekend to get back into like yes. the fedex yep all that he, to, to, to advance to next week's tour championship okay. he's got to finish it i think in the top 25 to get in the top yeah. 30 he'll get, for next he'll week. get 17th yeah, I'm going. So Ben saying 17. Ben selling. I, I I was gonna buy. Now I'm gonna. I'm thinking I'm gonna sell though. I, I don't think. Uh, I think he actually might pull out of the round just knowing Tiger. Wow. All right. Whenever, whenever you need him to come through, it's it's uh it usually doesn't happen. Yeah. He's won 82 tournaments. <laughs> it's been about 10 years since I've been confident in anything Tiger Woods related. I'll sell too. Why not? I'll join Ben and Brett. <laughs> All right, Ben, you're up. Yeah, uh, looking forward to this question very much, though. I wish Tim was here (laughs) because it is kind of Chiefs-related. All right, buy or sell a 2020 first-round NFL wide receiver, first-round draft pick wide receiver, or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, another (laughs) first-rounder, scores the first touchdown for rookies this season. So there was that run of receivers, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Mm Um, I don't have the list in front of me of who they are. I think there was, I think there was seven, six or seven wide receivers taken, and the only running back taken was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So you get you get the first round wide receivers and the first round running back as the first rookies to score a touchdown this season in the NFL. So it has to be the one of those wide receivers or Clyde Edwards, right? And and and, and just to clarify, if we're if we're talking about a quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, it's got to be. A rushing, rushing touchdown. It can't be a, a, a passing touchdown. Or yeah, you know, makes sense. Okay. Uh, that being said, man, that's a good question that I came up with there. <laughs> I'm gonna pat myself on the back. <laughs> I'm gonna buy it, and here's why. Chiefs play first, so they'll, they'll, uh, it's not like all those other games are kicking off at noon on Sunday. So. True. So he has a first chance at it. He has a he. I mean, I. So I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire scores a touchdown in his first game at Kansas City. So I'm buying. Yeah, uh, I'm actually gonna follow you on that one. Uh, I think he will score in his first game. 
Is there anybody that they're playing that's a – They play Houston, so no. Their, they, they, remember, they punted their draft pick away. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to sell to be different. I don't know who it's going to be, but it will not be – You get the field. Those. You just yeah. get the field. I was going to say, it will be a second through seventh rounder undrafted draft pick. I'm buying. Clyde Edwards is going to skate in the end zone at Arrowhead two I, Thursdays from now. I sure hope he does. I would be all <laughs> for that. I'm double-checking that Houston did not have a first-round draft pick just so I'm not giving any misinformation. So here are, here are your wide receivers, by the way. Henry Ruggs, who was somehow the first wide receiver taken. Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Jalen Rager, Ooh, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, and that's it. And, and 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 can confirm that Houston did not have a first round draft pick. All right, there you go, Brett. You get to finish us off. All right, uh, mine is another soccer question. Uh, it's been in the news cycle the last few days. Buy or sell that Lionel Messi will not play for Barcelona ever again and will end up at Manchester City. I mean, and what are you doing, Brett? Yeah, you have to go first. Ever again. That means we're going to have to wait for him to I was retire. Say, even if he goes to Manchester City, we have to wait for sure to answer that question, right? Or no? Let's uh, let's say no. Let's say no on that. Okay. If, so he, if, he, if he leaves, it's it. That's it. All right. Question answered. Um, I'm going to I'm going to buy it just because I think Manchester City is the most likely landing point with Pep Guardiola as the the manager there. I don't think he's going to Juventus to team up with Cristiano Ronaldo as is, is romantic as that might sound, but. Yeah, I, I'll have to buy it just because of the everything that's gone on just the past few years at Barcelona and now, obviously, with everything going on now. Now, Brett, yesterday you were telling me that you weren't going to believe it was happening until the papers <laughs> were signed. So I, I, I won't. That's that's. I'm still sticking to that, but I, I do lean in the direction that it's probably going to happen here. All right. This is the most momentum I've seen in about five years of this kind of stuff. I'll, I'll sell it because I'm, I'm taking the field. One... The part of it is that he could just go back to Barcelona. This could just all be a, bu a big, giant bluff. Exactly. Yeah. So he could go back to Barcelona, and that would still be a sell. Plus, he could go to somewhere other than Manchester City, which I feel like I saw some odds, and, like, yes, they're the highest, like, they're most likely, but there's a lot of other teams he could go to, too. So I'm selling. Great logic. I'll sell it, too. Brett, I'm following you blindly, buddy. Take, <laughs> take your take your soccer your soccer knowledge and me to the promised land. I hope we're right here, Ben. Why, why do you you don't want Messi back on your team? J nope, I'm, buy sell is more important to me. Oh, okay, <laughs> fair enough. Now we know it's yeah, what you, where your true allegiances lie. Oh boy, there we go. Okay. Wow, what do we? You'll have to get Tim and Austin's answers. We will. We'll get those, those locked in. And here's the other thing I was going to tell you guys. I think I'm going to build like a chart and see how. Everybody does on everybody else's questions. So oh, like, that's good. You know, I'll see if I do better on Greg's questions than Brett's questions or vice, you know, something like that. Good. All right. Well done. Enjoyed that. That was fun. What a great way to end a, a day that was kind of depressing, Ben, in some ways with the cancellation of the NBA games today uh, to get Thomas Fedoni. The hat that he pulled, the Nebraska hat, had the number seven on the front, which was the number that head coach Scott Frost wore as a player. That's a pretty cool little uh, tip of the cap to the head coach. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it even had his name on it. So, yeah, definitely a, a nice ode to the, to the head coach there. And um, I'm excited. I'm really excited to have him. And 
yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a bright thing for Nebraska football to get this young man on campus and hopefully come make a difference in this offense. It just it just makes you long for getting this thing going. I mean, you, we're, we're all as excited. It's gonna next week's going to be hard for everybody, I think, because we should have been, you know, having a press conference on Monday to get ready for Purdue and breaking down the game and getting ready to roll. We're not going to have that. Uh, it's going to be tough, but small victories like this. And think about how many Husker fans are going to flock to Lewis Central games, Ben, this fall to go watch this kid play, go watch a future star of the Huskers go out and play some high school football. I bet their attendance is going to skyrocket for those games. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's going to be lots of red uh, red in the stands. I know um, th- their colors, I think there's a lot of blue. There might be even a little red in their, in their uniforms, but there's going to be lots of red out there watching them, as you said, and – uh, I think he's going to be happy with his choice when he gets here, not just for the football side of things, but how he's going to be set up, you know, for his future and his education too. So, yeah, I, as you said, it was a rough day today overall, but this kind of ma- makes it a little bit better, ma- makes it easier to swallow. All right, tomorrow night, Teddy Greenside will stop by. He's going to be covering that BMW Championship, the FedEx Cup Tournament in Chicago, so he'll probably be at the course when we talk to him tomorrow night on the program. We'll obviously have more reaction to the Fatoni commitment to Nebraska tonight for the Husker football program for the 2021 class. We'll also have our face-off headed your way tomorrow night as well and beyond the headlines makes its return. And Tim can hear his snappy little open that he put together. He was pretty. He was pretty proud of that last night, Ben. Oh, yeah. It was pretty good. It's pretty good. He, he was feeling good about himself after yesterday's show. <laughs> he, he walked out of there with that with that chin up and that that Tim grin on his face, leaving the studio. There's no doubt. And flicks picks tomorrow night. Do we have Tim's flicks oh, pick boy. or not tomorrow? Josh. Oh no, no Tim flicks picks, Ben. How we're not going to be th- we're not going to be throwing darts at a map and finding out what <laughs> what type of experience we're going to have. Love it. Have a good night. Talk to you tomorrow.